While that next step can seem intimidating and even insignificant, it enables us to walk towards what God is doing and the relationships he wants to establish. Last year, I was going through a season in my life that was the most difficult season that I've ever, ever dealt with. And I remember one day it was in the late afternoon and I was sitting in my office and I just had overwhelming anxiety and I, I just got up and left my office and started walking down Washington Street in Charleston. I was just praying as I was walking for God to kind of help me with the anxieties and open my eyes to stuff that I had going on. As I'm walking, I see, I see two guys kind of walking towards me and I don't really think anything of it. <sighs> but then they started waving and flagging me down and uh, they, they ran across the street and one of the guys was Ian. I got to talking, talking to him and asking him about their story and who they were and what they were doing. And, and he told me that, that he was homeless. And I remember looking at him and, and not really processing what he said because it didn't make sense because he was, um, he was too hopeful. All of the stuff that I was dealing with just felt so small in comparison. And so I asked him, I said, you guys want to meet up for lunch tomorrow? Because I just wanted to, I wanted to hear more about their story. So I'm waiting outside the back of the mall the next day, standing out back and just seeing him turn around the corner on Washington Street, walking towards the mall, and he's just bebopping down the sidewalk as happy as can be. And we got lunch and um, talked a little bit more about our stories. I'll never forget that day because the faith that he had and the hope that he had for the situations that he was going through gave me the strength to, to have that same faith and hope in my situations. The character that Ian kept having in the midst of all the stuff that he was going through. Uh, he never seemed down. He never seemed discouraged. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, other than the fact that God was moving in ways that I didn't understand at the time, but I now do. And so I remember, you know, walking in through this process of what it, what it looks like to, getting his own place and getting getting established. And as I was going through that, I spent a lot of time in prayer and, and asking God how I could, how I could help. Um, I knew that I couldn't do it alone and I knew that I had a community of people who would be more than willing to love on in and, and hear his story and just serve the way that I've experienced community here. And so, and I remember bringing the story up to uh, my home group. And, and I remember the prayers that we shared for Ian. And we thought of ways that 
you know, we could help. And I remember as we're, as I was walking through the process of, you know, what it looks like to save, to get, to get his apartment, um, the outpouring of love that came through the River Ridge community to help in, I think was really, really impactful for, for not only him, but for me to just see how a community can come together and, and serve outside of the walls of River Ridge. everybody. Uh, it is so good to see all of you here. And I'm going to get back to that here in a few minutes and kind of touch on Alex and his story and Ian and all that. Um, but I do want to just welcome you here. Say hello to all of you who made it in here. And I always want to say uh, hello to all of you who are watching online, wherever you're watching from. So glad that you are making us a part of your day, making God a part of your morning. And again, I, I always want to say we're very uh, grateful that, that you're just letting us be a part of your journey wherever you may be with God. And if we haven't met, my name's Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're in the middle, right in the middle of a three-week, little three-week series that we are calling A Faith That Follows. And what we're doing, all we're doing is just looking at this idea of church and what it is and how we actually fit into that idea of church and how we engage in that together. And so what we've learned so far last week was we learned that church is not man's idea. It's actually God's idea. It's a bigger idea. Uh, in the book of Matthew, we looked at this last week, that Jesus said, I will build my church. And that's the first place that you'll see the word church. And he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay, so church is God-made, not man-made, very important. And Jesus says that it will never, ever go away, that it will never be overcome. Uh, and then we also saw that not only is it God-made, but it's also not a building. Church is not a building. Church is people. And so that's important for you to understand because if you are a follower of Jesus, you are the church. You are the church. And here you are a part of our church. And so as a part of the church, uh, because it's not individual people, it's a gathering of people who are focused together on one thing. We're focused on God's mission, which is this, that we want to create fully devoted and see fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so the goal of this series is to really just be confronted with church, be reminded about it, remember that we are the church, and then kind of find how do we play a part in it and figure out how do we engage or re-engage, depending on uh, your involvement with us as a church, and see how God does that here with us. Because we cannot do a with you or with us without you. We can't do it with us without you. Uh, and so last week we talked about where followers go, uh, that we absolutely need to come here to gather together, do a, do a few things, that we wanna spur one another on. We wanna encourage each other to love and good deeds and that I can't do that on my own. I need you to do that with me. And so we do that and, and, and we come here to do that and that's how we connect with God together. And so our challenge last week was just for you to think about a few ways in how you connect with God and especially when it comes to Sunday morning, how do you engage with us here in, in, in the gathering that we do once a week. And so today we're gonna uh, leave where followers go and we're going to look at this what followers do we're going to look at what followers do so if you have your bibles go ahead and grab those uh, get them out there and open up to philippians chapter one philippians chapter one um and and i was studying this on my own and, and as i came across this in my studies of philippians man i just thought how well this fit with what god wanted to do today and so we're going to be in the 
book of Philippians a little bit. Philippians, if you don't know, uh, it's a letter written by Paul who really formed a lot of churches, a lot of gatherings. And he's writing this letter to a church, to a group of people in the church that he started. Uh, and, and what he wanted them to do is he wanted them, this is really great, he wanted them to learn how to have joy no matter what. Love this letter. It's an, if you're ever looking for uh, an encouraging letter in the Bible, I would not go past the book of Philippians. You will find in the four chapters of Philippians, joy or rejoice 14 times in those four little chapters. Okay, so that's where we're gonna go. We're gonna jump in there, go to Philippians 1. We'll see what God says here about what we do, how, how, what we do and how this fits as a church. We're gonna start in verse three in Philippians 1. Here's what Paul says to the church and really what we need to consider too. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you uh, all ma- for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now now uh, as, as we read this, one of the things that sticks out to me, and I highlighted that, uh, and as we're working through uh, our idea of what church is, I love how Paul uh, gives us one of, the, it's one of the primary characteristics of a church. It's this, gang, that we are a partnership, that we're a partnership, that you and I, we are partners together in the greatest thing ever, which again is the church, that, that God made us partners. And so what we need to understand and where we're going from last week is it, it goes beyond just coming together here. It's way deeper and better than just kind of coming here once a week and in a religious meeting on Sunday mornings that we have a call. We have a call to be partners in this amazing message that Jesus saves and that God has a purpose and plan for your life and that we together as a partnership, uh, we have a place in that, that, that I need you and you need me to, to, to work that together to see other people know that. And, and I do love this. I do love that I can really think about this and then I can honestly look out there and say that I do thank my God for your partnership in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I look out here and I see faces, I see people, I know what you're doing. I know how you're living for God. I know how you're living to love other people and love God the best you can. And I just wanna say, I do thank my God in my prayers for the partnership that you have with us at River Ridge Church. I love what God's doing and what he continues to do. So Paul says that and he continues and he says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We're gonna talk about this for a few minutes. So Paul says in here something uh, that grabs my attention. He says, and I am sure of this. I'm sure of this. So in other words, what he's about to say is a guarantee. I think we all love guarantees, right? I think we could always use a few more guarantees in life because if it's a guarantee, then you know, you don't have to wonder what's going to happen. It makes you feel safe of what's going to happen. Um, my family and I have been talking about going to Disney. I know. And then I'll tell you right now, I ain't want to go. I don't want to go. A, because it costs a ton of money and B, look at A. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And so we've been talking about it, but here's the thing. Here's what I will say to you. If you can guarantee me something, if you can guarantee me a few things about Disney, if you guarantee that there will be on that trip zero meltdowns, if you can guarantee that, and if you can guarantee that I will never hear dad, my legs are tired, hold me, I'll I'll book it right now. I will book it right now. And some of you will say, well, that's part of the experience. Not at that rate, not at that rate. No, you can say that's part of the experience, not for me. We all like guarantees, right? 
It's an assurance. It's, it's a thing that we, you know, again, there's, there's not a price. There's not a price on real guarantees. We would pay a premium for some of those guarantees because here's what we know. You'll find that there aren't too many guarantees in life, everybody. There aren't too many things that are guaranteed. Paul knows that when he says, I'm sure of this. What's he sure of? He says, I'm sure that he who began a good work in you. Now, this is interesting in you. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I would circle one word. I would circle he. I would circle he because this is really interesting. We need to see that the guarantee is not about me. It's about he. That, that you didn't begin. He's saying you didn't begin a good work in you. You didn't do it. That it starts with he, not me. And so you didn't, here's, here's what the guarantee is. That, that you did, this is so important. You didn't create yourself. You didn't think of yourself. You didn't design yourself uniquely and, and you didn't like think about all these things your life was gonna go through. You didn't sketch yourself up. You didn't do anything like that. And this is the difference, everybody, between Christianity and every other religion in the world. That it starts with he, not me. It's not about me getting better. It's not about me just sort of achieving this enlightenment or anything like that. It's not about me. It's about a he. It's about God. It's about our heavenly father who did that. The he who began a good work in you, he says, will bring it to completion at the day of Christ, at the day of Jesus Christ. So what does this mean? Here's what this means. Really, really good for you. Maybe it might help some of you. It means that you are a work in progress, that you have not totally arrived yet. And so some of us are like, thank you, man. I felt that. Thanks for giving me that. No, but, but that we all still need a little uh, cook time in the oven, right? You're still a little doughy. Some of us wish we were a little less doughy than we are, but you are a little doughy, right? And so I think that's really assuring to know that, that it's, there is a work in you. And it, what he's saying is this began. And, and that, so that if you are a follower of Christ, here's some good things to think about. There's a good work in you. It's just begun though. And here's what we need to think about, that we have to have some patience to see it follow through. We have to have some patience to see it through. Nobody likes to wait. You ever notice that? Nobody likes, well, we want it now. Want it now? And if you can't get it me now, I want it now. That's why uh, I ordered something the other day and I, I noticed something. I actually, uh, on one of the websites there, I noticed that I get kind of fired up when I don't see free next to shipping and next day. I, don't, I get really fired up. I don't care where you're sending it from. You can send it from Indonesia. I want it now. And I, I'm, I'm noticing that about myself. I don't know if you've noticed that lately, but I'm like, why does it take three days? I know it's coming from Japan, but whatever, you know? So we want it now. We want it now. Um, but what if, you know, I thought about this. What if the, the, the truth of, is that, that, and this is what I was wondering, because doesn't it seem like the easier it is to get something, the less satisfied we become about it? Does that make sense? Because I was thinking about this when I was a kid, when I was a kid, a long time ago, I'm not gonna tell you what year, but we went, we would go to the beach. We go to the same place pretty much every year. And I will tell you one of the things that I look forward to every year, and it was this, it was getting a Krispy Kreme donut. Oh, I, oh man, I couldn't just, I, I needed it so bad. It was always like the next day, we would get these warm, uh, amazing pillars of dough and more, just amazing things to eat. And, and they, they, there was nothing like it. But, but here's, here's why there was nothing like it. Because when I was a kid back then, the closest Krispy Kreme to me was 300 miles away at the beach. And, and so nowadays, like you can get it at any gas station, but I'm, it just, it didn't taste the same. It doesn't taste the same. It, it, I'm telling you, they tasted different when I had to wait a whole year to get it. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's kind of what it is with us. And it makes me think about some things with God. It makes me think about patience. It makes me think about the hope that we have. It makes me think about the faith and, and sort of having a, a faithful life and not giving in to the sins that come our way. And, and I wonder about, you know, if those can really only come while we wait. 
I wonder about this too. I do, in my own life. I wonder if who I become while I wait is actually more important than the thing I'm waiting for. And that that's how God works a lot in my life. Hey, I want, it's almost like he's like, I'm concerned about who you are becoming while you wait. And so Paul is telling us though, but what you're waiting on is better than a Krispy Kreme donut. That's what he's saying. He's like, it's amazing what God wants for you in your life. And because and, and, all God ever does is a good work, okay? Uh, and so what, what is that good work? When does that work get done in us? Well, when it does get done, he says, when the day of Christ comes. Now, so we're not gonna see that completion until the day of Christ comes. So since, here's where we're gonna go. Since Jesus hasn't returned yet, what do we do? Well, until Jesus comes back, Paul is saying there's work to be done. There is work to be done. This is where we're gonna go today because Paul continues with this idea of there's work to be done in this great letter. And I would challenge you to read it on your own because he takes the next several chapters and he says, here's what we do with this. We grow. That we grow as the church and we will grow the church. I wanna jump real quick to one more place. I wish I had time to go through the entire letter, but we don't. Jump to chapter three if you're in your Bibles there. We're gonna look at one more place here on how we grow before we get into talking about some things. So chapter three, verse 16, because he says, hey, this is what I want for you. This is gonna be, bring joy and fulfillment in your life that you need to grow. And, and he says this little thing in, in chapter three, 16. He says, and uh, he's almost like summing this part up. He says, and only let us hold true though to what we have attained. Hold true to what we attained. So I wanna look at this, and if, again, if you're in your Bibles, I would circle hold true and attained. So what's that mean? Let's look at hold true first. What does hold true actually mean? When, one of the things that I like to do when I read is I'll look things up in the dictionary, I'll look the original language up sometimes, very helpful to do that. Uh, and sometimes I like looking at the other translations. I like looking at the other translations. So when I looked at hold true, here's what the other translations say about that. I like it, it says, let us hold on, let us live up to, let us keep walking in. I found that very helpful. So the first thing Paul is saying is that, that we need to live up to and walk in and be in line with something. Well, what is that? And he says, to what we have attained. Again, circle that word attained in there because I wanna think about this for a second. So he was talking to a specific church then, but, but what we say is it's also, um, it's, also it's, it's descriptive to that church, but it's also prescriptive for us too as a church because nothing's changed with what we've attained. Here's what he's saying. So this is something that they already have, right? Because he said, it's something that, that you have attained. It's something we have attained. So they have arrived at something and it's something the whole church has in common because he's saying, let us, let us do that. And so it's something that we already have and, and they already have as well. And, and so what he's pointing to, this is what he's saying. It all comes down to this one big word, faith that that's something that we all have in common, that we all have attained through Jesus and us making him the savior of our lives, that we all have a measure of faith in our lives. And so here's the big idea today as we talk about what followers do. There is something in you right now that has begun. It has begun. And what we need to see as a church, what we need to see that in order for us to be the church, that's what we're talking about over these three weeks, is that this is also something not that just has begun, but here's what you gotta get, that it has to grow that it has to grow. The measure of faith you have is meant to grow. And if you've been coming here anytime soon, we say that all the time. That's what we want to be about. But here's what I wanna say today. The rate by which you grow, you grow in your faith, that actually has a lot to do with how we go as a church. 
that there is some responsibility that we all have in growing our faith. And so the bottom line is growing your faith is a choice. It is an absolute choice and it never stops at a certain age. Like you're never gonna get to an age where you're like, well, I gotta stop growing. That's just not how God works. People who have a strong faith are not lucky. They're, they're, they're not missing something that you haven't caught on to. It's intentional and it is consistently being worked on in their entire lives. That's what you see. So how do we grow? What do we do so that we can see us be the church and see the church that God wants us to be? That's an all in, all together thing. We're gonna look at three things this morning. I'm gonna make it really, really simple. Three ways by which we grow. And I'm gonna tell you right now, these will not explode your brain. They, they, they are, if you've been coming to church any measure of time, you're gonna look at these and say, is that it, really? Uh, but here's what I wanna say. This is really critical for us. Don't confuse knowing what these are and putting these into practice in your life, all right? So I just, I wanna challenge you to write these down even though you're gonna say, I know that, I know. I'm not asking if you know it. I'm saying, how are you doing with it, okay? So three big things, because if you can really see these things happening in your life consistently, then you will this is a big thing. You will be engaging in the growth of your faith and you will be helping our church grow as well in the mission that God has, which again is to create fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. You will play that kind of part in our church life. So here's the first thing that we grow. I will make a commitment to be consistent in praying with purpose. I will pray with purpose. Write that down, pray with purpose. There needs to be a focused, specific, purposeful prayer that you have in your life every single day. Every single day. And here's what we need to catch. Praying is not just something that we do. Praying is not something we do. There are specific prayers that we need to have in place every day for our lives to grow. You need to have purpose in your praying. That's the big word. You have to have purpose in your prayers. Uh, it's not that we don't pray. Praying is something that every, actually a lot of people say that they pray. There are even people who don't follow God that would say that they pray. As I was researching this, I found, this is just to help us understand what purposeful prayer uh, makes a difference in, is that one in five people who do not say they're engaged in the church or believe in God say they pray. So we gotta do something different, gang. If one in five people say they don't even really follow God, pray, we gotta pray with a purpose and mission in mind. That's the difference. Here's the thing. That's the difference between somebody who says, I pray and I'm prayed up today. We gotta, have, we gotta be over here. I prayed up today. So here's what it looks like. Again, I wanna make it really easy for us for a couple reasons. One, if you're new to this, this is a great, great thing to follow. Two, if you're not new to praying, I wanna challenge you with what we're about to look at. How are you really doing in your everyday prayers and are you nailing these things? Because I think God will help us a little bit. So here's what, I, here's what we got. It's, a, it's an acronym called PRAY. That these, this is what we do every single day, really simple, but I don't know how many of us are actually doing this every day. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it up like we don't, aren't doing it. So the P is praise. That's how we start. So it's not about God, give me whatever. It's God, this is who you are. You're amazing, you're powerful. I wanna, I wanna experience your presence of power today, God. You, that's who you are. So we focus with praising God for who he actually is and, and what he's done and what he is doing in our lives. And then when we're done praising him for, for a couple minutes, uh, then we go into repent. That, that to repent means that I'm going to recognize some things in my life, even if I just woke up, believe it or not, we got some things that we can say, I'm gonna turn from that thought. I'm gonna turn from that, ooh, that uh, thing that I'm thinking about with work and I'm just gonna turn to you, God. That's what repent is. That I'm gonna turn uh, and, and ask forgiveness and I'm gonna change my life. I wanna go towards your way, so I'll repent. And then after I praise and repent, I'm gonna ask God for some things. 
That that's what he wants to hear us. He wants us to ask for things that we wanna see happen in our lives. That I pray for myself, that I pray for my family, that I pray for others, that I, that I lift up uh, concerns and worries. And here's the bigger thing, that I pray for my church. That's where I wanna challenge us today. How are we doing in praying for the church? I think that we really could use that. We, we could use our church praying for the church. And then uh, after we're done that, we yield. I think that's what a lot of people miss is that even, and you see Jesus say, hey, I made a request, God, but hey, your will be done. Your will be done. I wanna yield to what you want to have happen today, God. No matter what's on my agenda, we all say, make my agenda your agenda, God, that I want your will to be done. And we ask, man, what is your will? What do you want to see done? I'm gonna let go of my stuff. I'm gonna let you in. That's an easy way, right there. That's an easy way to know that you're praying with purpose, that you're doing it every day. So looking at your daily prayer life, how does that fit with what you're doing every day? I'm not asking if you pray. I'm saying, are you purposeful in your prayers? Um, how does it compare to the discipline that we wanna see? What area needs to grow? That's what I would challenge you in that one. Just ask, what area needs to grow? I would say one of the biggest areas that need to grow is how we pray for others and how we pray for the church. I'm telling you, man, if we could just get the church praying for the church, I think God would just take some things off. And so, uh, I know a lot of you would like to pray for the church, but you probably are saying, how do I pray for the church? So we got a, a great little thing for you out there. When you leave today, you're gonna see two little pieces of paper. One is how to pray for some things for you and how to pray for the church. And there's scriptures attached to every one of them. And there's five prayers for each one. So you can go Monday through Friday uh, and pray for the church with us in that. That would be awesome. So that's the first thing that I'll commit to. Here's the second thing that we'll commit to to grow uh, individually and grow as a church is I will commit to Bible study. I will commit to Bible study. In order to grow, you have to keep yourself attached to the source. And trust me, I'm a dude. I've tried it every other way. You can't do it. You gotta read, everybody. You have, I've tried it no matter, every way I've tried without reading, you have to read. You have to read God's word. If you wanna be more like Jesus, you have to find some time to be in God's word every single day. And so again, I just wanna ask you, I wanna ask you, not that you know that, but are you doing it? How are you doing there? If you're really honest with yourself and knowing that we say, just spend some couple minutes in God's word every day, how are you doing that? I know, because I know you wanna grow. Like that's why you're here. You, I know you want to see God moving in your life. And so are you reading every day? And so here's what I wanna push on you. For a lot of us, probably more of us than, than others, uh, this is not a, a thing that comes easy. This, this reading thing, for some of us, it's just one of those things that, that it comes easy to you to read God's word. But for a lot of us, for many of us, I'm gonna tell you, you're not missing some button, okay? You're not missing a button. It's like, where's that reading button? I have that too. I have that too, trust me. Uh, I have to really push myself uh, to read God's word because I could find a lot of other things to do that I feel like are better. They're not. So you're not missing something when it comes to this. And so for a lot of us, um, you need a plan. You need a plan and, and you need to like get some barriers like out of the way so you can do this because it takes discipline and it takes practice for many, many of us. So because of that, get a plan, have a good approach and then read, then read. You're, and here's what I will tell you. This is the next level. You, if you really wanna be successful in reading, tell somebody else that you're reading something. I'm telling you, it will be huge. If you just say, hey, buddy, I'm reading Philippians. Will you just check in on me and make sure I'm reading it? Um, it'll take off and if you, it'll encourage you to keep reading. So here's what I wanna do. Here's what I wanna do, really quick, and then we'll move to the next one. 
in your margins there, somewhere in there or in your Bible, on your phone, however you wanna read, I wanna challenge all of us to do this. Everybody get your pens, everybody get your phone out, even if you already have a reading plan so the noobs can feel like they're not, like nobody's looking at them. So everybody get something ready. Here's all I want you to write. Here's all I want you to write. I will read blank in the next blank weeks, right? You need to fill in the blanks. Don't put blank. I will read blank, the book of blank, in the next blank weeks. And that's how a plan starts. I'm not gonna get more complicated than that. That's what I do, honestly, that's what I do. I got plans and sometimes I do the five by fives and this and that, but I, according reads differently than I do. She likes going four different places. I, I can't, I'm like, give me one book and let me get that done. So I'll, I'll read one book of the Bible and then I'll say, all right, what's next? And that's how I do it. So I don't wanna make it more complicated than that. And I wanna give you two things to help really quick if you're new to this. One, get a study Bible. Get a study Bible. It's, it's called a study Bible or a life application Bible. You can go to any major thing online and buy one and they're pretty thick and here's why, because it gives you so many helps in there when you read. As you read the scriptures, it has all these great descriptions. Here's what's going on in the time. Here's what Rome was about. Here's the leader. It's, I'm telling you, if you don't have a study Bible or a life application, it's worth its weight in gold. It's worth, and they're heavy. So I'm telling you, get a study Bible, get a life application Bible. It will help you so much to know what's going on. And here's the other one. I will avoid the word journal. Just write a few things down. That's all I will say. Just write a few things down. I use note cards. I don't really journal very well. Uh, I just, when God captures something, just write it down. Put it on a note on your phone so that you can remember it for the day, right? If you do those two things, man, I think God will take off uh, with you on that. Because one of the biggest differences that you will find and that you can make is found in God's word. Biggest, biggest. I wrote some things down. Here's what it does to me. It impacts my knowledge. It gives me wisdom. It helps my understanding of the world. It's a driving force on how I wanna raise my kids. It strengthens my resolve. It communicates God's unchanging love. It reinforces Jesus. It blesses me and Courtney. It enriches our life. It helps me, it grows me, it recharges me, it gives me rest. Anybody want that? I do. I read that, I'm like, I want that. I'm like, oh, I'm getting it. But there's, and, and way more, way more than that. They cannot get to you if you're not opening up God's word. That's what will come to you as a, as a result of consistently being God's word every day. And so I hope that's enough to just get you moving to be diligent about it if you haven't. Here's a third thing I will commit to is that I will also commit to intentional community. I will commit to intentional community. And so one of the core values that we have at River Ridge Church is this. If you've been coming anytime soon, you know this, is you can't do life alone. You can't do life alone. You can't experience life with God to the fullest in the way that he meant for you to have it on your own. You need some things in your life, the things that we already talked about, and you also need people. Um, so in the book of Ecclesiastes, you don't have to jump there. We're gonna just get there really quick. Uh, it was written by a king named Solomon. And he, I mean, he had everything that you would want. He tried to live life every way as well. And what that did was that ended up giving him some wisdom on some things. And so here's what he wrote after he said, I tried it all. And here's what he wrote about how God wants to see your life go and, and how people play a part. Here's what he says in Ecclesiastes 4. He says, that I have found out that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not an other to lift him up. Two are better than one. 
Community is better than life in isolation, that we need people in our lives. We need community because if you fall, you'll have somebody to pick you up. Community helps pick you up in so many ways. We can be better protected from some of the elements that that are out there and we can overcome things together that would actually overwhelm us if we're on our own. So here... Here's what God says and what I would say many hundreds of us have figured out uh, here at this church of people. We found out that you need a group of people. You need a group of people around you and it's really to do a bunch of things, but two primary things you need people for. You need them for prayer and you need them for encouragement in your life. We all need those things. You need people to pray and just know your season of life. Like, I love all of you, but I don't know everybody's season of life in here. That's not how this was set up to be. And so we gotta find these pockets of people who are going after God together and know the season of life we're in so they could pray for me. And then to encourage me as well, to encourage me, not just when I'm down, but also to encourage me to not do the things that are sometimes tricky that I, that I don't wanna do, but I kinda, I might find myself doing it if I don't have people helping me and encouraging me. And so I'm just gonna ask, um, do you have that? Do you have that? In a church of over a thousand people, 1900 coming to Easter, we've been doing this enough that we, we wanna help you there because it's, it's not easy to find that with, with a lot of people, but we know that you have to find something to be caught, right? You have to be caught in order to see God grow you. And so that's why we have groups. That's why we have groups. One of the best things that's gonna happen in a, in a group is because they're already there, they're already there, everybody. That's huge for our lives. I saw an example of this last week. Somebody came up to me after church and came up and told me about a mutual friend that, that we know. And so they were having a procedure get done. And so I found them, I talked to them. Hey, you know, I heard this and, and what do you need? Do you need me for anything? What can I do? And they said that they had everything taken care of, that they had this person, this person helping on this, and we had this, this person on the serving team that they were a part of. They're gonna be praying for me. And I'm, I was like, I don't have anything to do. Uh, I was, it was kind of humbling, but at the same time, that's what that does. That's what that does. That's what intentional community does. So I wanna challenge you just to ask yourself, am I missing something by sitting this community thing out? And I will tell you absolutely yes. You, you are really missing something by doing that. Uh, and again, we know this is not easy to do. So we really are intentional about bringing groups up and putting them in front of you. So we got the summer coming up. We usually do groups like ridge groups, uh, home groups where we get in these circles of 10 to 12 people uh, in the fall or spring in the fall. But what we do have in the summer, you just heard it in the ATR is we got a lot of stuff there uh, where you can get in a men's group right now. You can get in a women's group. There, there are women's groups starting. There are affinity groups that are starting for the summer. So we got stuff for you. Uh, in fact, tomorrow night, Monday night, guys, I'm gonna tell you, Monday night, tomorrow night at seven o'clock, you don't even have to sign up. You just show up at seven. I made it as easy as possible for you. You don't even have to touch your phone. Just get here at seven. You'll be a part of a men's group. Just show up. Just show up here, guys, at seven o'clock tomorrow. See if God can do something because you gotta find a circle. Find a circle of people following Jesus. That's so important. I think some of us do have circles of people, but are they following Jesus? Do they want the best for your life? They, they want to see you become a fully devoted follower of Christ, okay? That's how we hold true. That's how we hold true, how we hold on to what we've attained. We pray with purpose. We study God's word uh, and we get community to help us and encourage us. Now, here's what I want to do with the remaining couple minutes I have. This is great. You remember Choose Your Own Adventure books? Remember that? Anybody remember that? All right, I got two 
paths, like two different uh, closings for us, okay? It's like choose your own adventure. I'm gonna offer two things to two different people and then you get to choose which path you go, all right? So here's the, the first group of people that I wanna help. Two helps for those of you who are new to this, who are new to this church thing. Uh, I wanna give you two encouragements, two helps. First thing that I wanna tell you, write this down, start small. Just start small. If this stuff is new to you, I think we can do these three things pretty easily, but I'm just gonna give this to you, start small. I love this scripture. I came across this this week and I think it's great. This is in Zechariah. The book of Zechariah says this, don't despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I love that. That's so encouraging. So, so that we can start small. Don't despise starting something small because God's okay with it. And if God's okay with it, you can be okay with it. And see, we see that he's not only okay with it, that he rejoices when you just start something small. Because here's why I think start small is so important. Because if you can just be confident in one thing, and say, all right, I, I gotta start these things. And I think a lot of times we lose our confidence when we try to do a bunch of things. And then what happens is you miss something and, and, and then it kinda goes off on uh, the tracks. But if I could say, all right, I, could do, I can't do everything, but I could do something. So I will, this is where I want you to fill in these blanks too. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna make a commitment to praying with purpose. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do it how Andy said it. That's all I'm gonna think about. All, all these other things will come. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna commit to community. I'm gonna come to the men's thing tomorrow night at seven. I'm gonna just make a commitment to that. God will honor that. And I, starting small is not short-sighted. Pick one, commit to it. Here's the second help for people who are new. Plan to fail. That's not encouraging, but I'm gonna get there with you, all right? Plan to fail. Uh, this will actually set you up to be more consistent. I think um, so many people become inconsistent in the spiritual disciplines of life because I think we have this all or nothing mentality. I just think that's where we are. It's all or nothing. And so then if that's our mentality coming into these things, if I miss a day, then it's kind of, ah, forget it. Forget it. How many of us have been there? Forget, oh yeah, I'm, okay, I missed. But uh, here's what we have to remember. This is why we have to remember one big thing. Being consistent is not the same as being perfect. Being consistent is not the same as being perfect. There's such a big difference because you, you can miss a day. You're gonna miss a day. You're gonna miss a day of praying with purpose. You're gonna miss a day of being in God's word. And you have to know in your head that even though that's not in your plan, that's not your goal. This is, I'm, I'm telling you, this will change you if you think about it. Because your goal is not to be doing something every day. Here's your goal. I just wanna be more and more like Jesus. And if that's my goal, then I can miss a day. But I'm gonna give you one word of advice. Don't miss two. Don't miss two. Because that, that'll start a pattern. So, man, it's okay to miss a day. Get back on the horse, get back on the truck or whatever. Just keep trucking. Whatever you wanna picture, move it along with God, all right? So plan to fail. Because I think a problem for a lot of Christians uh, who don't see their faith growing through consistent prayer, study, and community is that they can't push past this illusion of perfection. And then they'll just, they'll just never start. They'll never start. So don't let that get in your track. Those are two helps for noobs. All right, now, two helps for those of you who have been doing this for a long time. And here, I, I man, Courtney and I talked about this because I had to figure out how to challenge some of us. Some of us are like, oh, reading and praying. Thanks, Andy. Uh. Okay, so here we go. Well, you probably didn't do, uh, but anyways. Two things I wanna challenge you with that I think all of us can do. Here's the first thing. If you're, if you're not so new to this, try something new. Try something new. When was the last time you tried something new? I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna challenge you. I think sometimes we get stuck in a spiritual discipline and it's not that things aren't working. They're working fine, but it's just nothing seems new. Nothing seems revived or refreshing. 
I found this out uh, trying something new when I took a sabbatical a few years ago because one of the best things I ever did was I felt like God was pushing me to just start from scratch. Everything I thought I knew how to do, readings, praying, these big, big time things. I said, I'm gonna start like, I don't know that these are the things that grow me the best. And man, he brought some really cool things up. One of the things that he brought up that I never would have done was this thing called spiritual breathing. Because I thought, that's hippie, man. I don't wanna... But I said, no, I'm gonna push myself. And so it was the best thing I ever adopted in my prayer life. It was unbelievable what God did. It was unreal. Because I said, I'm gonna try something new in my prayer. Try something new in your prayer life. Try something new in how you approach God's word. Do something different in how you do community. Maybe it's the right season for you to lead. Blair would love to talk to you about leading a new group. You want a challenge? Lead a group, lead something, man. Try something new. I wanna I challenge everyone. If you're already doing these three things pretty well, just try something new new. And again, if you want some help, I have another guide out there. It's called a spiritual pathway guide. And it has three different sections with three different books you can read on all kinds of new things that you can try. Try something new. And here's the other one. Find someone new. Try something new. Find someone new. So don't just try something new. Gang, this is not just about you changing yourself. This is about giving it out to someone else. You need to find someone new to pour into, to, to talk about faith in your life and, and to really see them grow as well. So I wanna ask this to you again, if you've been at this for a long time, I'm just gonna ask you, when's the last time you asked God to bring somebody new into faith to your life? Have you ever asked God, God, bring me someone new to faith? I'll just say this, be ready if you do, because I, in the last five years of my life, I asked God to do that three times and he showed up three times. Three of you are in here in here. Actually, one is not. He'll be here in the next service. But um, be ready. And I'm telling there is nothing that has taken my faith off more than pouring into somebody new to faith. And if you, I'm going to tell you, I'm out of time. But if you can't find someone new to faith, you are not looking hard enough. You are not looking hard enough. They're here. They're everywhere. We need your help. Pour into somebody new. Don't, don't let your faith run stagnant. Um, they're, they're around, okay? Be ready for that. Bottom line, bottom line, and we're done. Our faith grows. Our faith grows when we practice these things in a consistent way. Not a perfect way, but in a consistent way. We need each other to help as, that as well, okay? And our church will grow when the sum total of all of us actually put just these three things into practice. I wanna push you. I wanna challenge you to put these growth things into place. And so we make a habit of reading make a habit of praying with purpose and we make a habit of coming here to worship, gathering here together and being around a group of people who wanna gather around God and encourage one another. That's how you engage with God and that's how you engage in the growth of this church. Let's pray. God, we do come and thank you for pushing us, for challenging us, for making this a faith worth going after. I, I pray right now, I feel the need to pray for our um, efforts not, not, not an effort like look at me, but an effort because of look at you, look at what you've done, that he who began a great work in me will bring it to completion. I wanna see that work get stronger, better. I wanna see my life be an example of what you can do, God. And I pray that for every single believer in this place. If we could catch on to these things, and, and there are people that are already doing that. We're seeing God, you, you do so many things here. And I just pray for more of that to happen. We love you. And I pray that we are just challenged in how we grow our own faith and that we are part of this church growing as well. We love you and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thanks for coming out, everybody. Don't forget to grab one of those guides uh, on your way out. We'll see you next week.